guys. Welcome back to the Forking Wellness Podcast. My name is Barry Strickoff, Registered Dietitian. And I'm Sophie Bertrand, Registered Nutritionist, and we are the authors of the Forking Wellness book and obviously the Forking Wellness Podcast. Each week we sit down and we discuss all things health and wellness from debunking diet myths to nutrition information, lifestyle factors, etc. Stick with us while we try and work out what the Fork Wellness really is. I don't even know what we do. Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode of Forking Around This Podcast. This week, Barry and I are going to be talking about body checking, which I'm sure, you know, we have both done in the past and I don't know anyone who doesn't or hasn't body checked at some point. Yeah. So we talk a lot about like ditching the scales and like removing like um, the number with your worth and stuff like that. But I think in the absence of scales, what a lot of people do is they look for other measures to assess kind of, you know, that same thing of, you know, body has worth. And I think that a lot of people do kind of, you know, stand in front of the mirror, turn sideways, look at Mm -hmm. this angle, look at this angle and assess, you know, are my legs okay? What are my arms doing? How does my stomach look? And I think it's just as damaging as the scales. But anyways, long story short, I want to talk about this because I realized that I was doing this um, and I'll tell the story how, and it was like kind of like shocking to me. Was um, this recently? Yeah. I'm going to tell you the story. So we went to a wedding together uh, yeah. a few weeks ago. Our good friend, Emma, it was a fantastic wedding. Emma, if you're listening, we had the best time. So much fun. And I had ordered this dress from an American store from Reformation. And like when I went to go, so it was really annoying. I went to go to the store. They have one in Notting Hill. And I went because I wanted to try it on because I'm in between sizes. As a small person who is also pear-shaped, I like a constantly living in two different sizes where the top half of my body is a size smaller. And then the bottom half of my body, I wear a size bigger. And it's really not a big deal in like clothes because I always just get like two different sizes. But in dresses... Yeah it's a bit of a problem because two things. One, if the dress is tight on top and loose on the bottom, I can get away with the size smaller. But if it's like a tight dress all around, then I have to go up a size and then usually get it like altered in the arms and, you know, around the back. And then also with my size, like my height, if it's like a long dress, then I usually have to be conscious of like, I can't really go up a size because then I won't Mm. fit. It'd be too long. Anyways, nightmare trying to find a dress to fit an in-between size pear-shaped petite woman. Um, So that is like my constant struggle. And I went to the store and they were like, "Um, we don't have blah, blah, blah. They didn't have it. And they were like, you're going to have to order it online. So I went and they only had one size left and it was the smaller size. And I was like, crap, I got to order it. Like I have no other option. There was no other sizes. I really, really wanted to wear this dress. I had my eye on it for ages. And I just like waited too long. So I just like bit the bullet and it was taking a really long time to get there. Like the wedding was on Friday. Didn't It was like not there till like a few days before. And I knew that it was a tighter on top looser on the bottom dress and I did go for the size smaller so it was like I really hope it fits and I, I genuinely don't think it could have looked more perfect on you by the way like it 100% it fits so well it did fit to the size <laughs> except 
it was a full length dress on me and on the model on the website it's like a calf dress it's like a midi I think it's like literally called a midi dress and it was (laughs) maxi on me but other than that yeah it did because this the straps were like adjustable so I was able to like maneuver it anyways it was perfect I love the dress and but in the interim from like when I ordered the dress to when it was arrived I was like I have no idea if it's gonna fit like I really have no idea and I found myself just like staring at myself in the mirror before the dress like, came before the dress came unsure if this dress was gonna fit mm. and just found myself like staring in front of the mirror in clothes like out of the shower just like being like looking I at my like body so unlike you so unlike me yeah right but it wasn't it wasn't about the shape of my body it wasn't about the weight of my body it was literally is this dress gonna fit which is weird because it was so removed from like why people would normally body check but like were you worried that like you were too big for it or I never in my head once said um too big it was just like am I the right shape? Mm. And it was, it was never, it was never like, oh, I don't think this will like, I'm too large for it or, you know, something like that. It was never like me talking negatively about the size of my body. It was me just staring at my body, just being like, I know the silhouette, the dress, this Mm. is what my body looks like. Is it going to mathematically work? And I just like realized what I was doing. And I was like really shocked at myself because like you said, very out of character. Yeah. But then also I was like, it had nothing to do with weight. It had nothing to do with worth. It was like literally just like a puzzle. I was like trying to figure out if this puzzle would fix. I had no other options. And then it just really got me like thinking like, you know, how often do we check in the mirror? Like, mm. are we, do we ever just, do it and we don't realize that we're doing it and we just look in the mirror and you know do you ever come out of the shower and look at your body before you put clothes on is that Mm. normal like what does that self-dialogue look like and I feel like so much of the you know anti-diet movement and we talk about getting off the scales and all that stuff and I think it's great but I actually think that this is an area of like maybe body neutrality body positivity anti-diet culture that doesn't really get talked about and kind Mm. of just I think just gets missed I completely agree and I can relate in the way that like since having Romeo like I recognize I'm in a smaller body and in no way do I feel bigger than I did before but my body is different it's not bigger it's, it's just different like the the way it sits and like obviously like my tummy looks a little bit more different again not bigger. and your breasts your breastfeeding yeah so your boobs are bigger are a lot bigger they literally like inflate and deflate throughout the day and sometimes right. like oh they kind of look normal today and then like you know my milk comes in again and they expand and like I've lost strength in my legs and my glutes and I recognize that again like nothing to do with weight as such it's just it looks a bit different mm-hmm. and I the first like two weeks after giving birth to him obviously like your tummy is still stretched and stuff it didn't bother me at all like hand on heart I was like wow I was like my body like I had this huge bump carrying my baby yeah my tummy like does it very different but that actually stretched out very very far to carry him yeah of course and it's just like readjusting it's more so now that I'm like still doesn't look the same as it did I'm like 14 weeks postpartum now 
not that I expected it to look exactly mm. the same but I am just still aware that it's different and it's not to the point where I'm like oh my god this is really bothering me I need to change it's actually just like okay this is my new body now does that make yeah. sense <laughs> yeah, I, I think pregnancy is an interesting lens to go through it because there's a few things. One, body checking is a thing during pregnancy because you're assessing mm, your bum. Yeah, of course. And like, I think that is one very different than mm. what we are talking about. Yeah, um, like measuring your bump and that's something that you look forward to and, and you get so excited. Your bo- and your body is changing. And watching like, your body grow yeah. and your body is changing every single day. But the juxtaposition to that is that all of a sudden you have the baby, the baby's no longer in there, but subconsciously have you developed these checking habits? I'm not saying you, I'm just saying women who go through birth and pregnancy where you're used to looking in the mirror every single day and saying like, look at my bump. I think it's getting bigger. You're looking from Mm. all the angles and you know, you're holding your belly and it's such a proud and like amazing thing to look in the mirror. And I do wonder Again, not talking about you, just saying yeah, like, like I can imagine. It consciously comes into play afterwards as well. Yeah, because you've been doing that habit probably every day for nine months. Yeah, literally. And, you know, habits form. I know it's not an actual statistic. I don't actually know what the real one is, but they say 66 days. But I think that's been disproved. Yeah, in there's, times. there's quite a few, like some are like 30 days, some are like three months. So Exactly. <laughs> but like, that is interesting. I didn't really think about that till you till you mentioned that. I just wanted to highlight that, like you just said, there are different elements of body checking other than just, oh, how big or small am I? It's like, it's just like that different kind of element, if that makes sense. I agree. I think there's like different reasons why someone might like not realize that they're doing it. And it doesn't have to be weight related is what I'm trying to say. Yes, I completely agree. Um, And yeah, I think with pregnancy as well, like that is a non, usually a non-weight related thing because you went from having a baby in your belly to not having a baby in your belly. Mm. Like that's a massive body change. Yeah, and your body has literally grown a baby. And then got rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like kind of just left to repair itself and you don't always know what that's going to look like. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's. I'm so glad we talked about that because I actually, when I was like thinking about what I wanted to talk I didn't even think about that lens Mm. and that's such an important thing to mention and it's so relevant because it's so similar but yeah I just like I don't know I just like had this like immense guilt when I realized that I was doing it and I wasn't Mm. doing it from like a point of I need to change my body or Mm. yeah it wasn't it was just like genuine like is it gonna work like (laughs) and I just I don't know how to explain. I just thought it was such an interesting concept. And how many times do we walk through the mirror and do we, you know, we might not be going on the scales, but are we talking to ourselves nicely when we Mm. look in the mirror? And, you know, how long are you standing in front of the mirror and assessing what you look like before you're just like, okay, bye. Yeah, exactly. And I have this conversation with my clients all the time. I'm like, if you can't look in the mirror and see yourself as a whole body, as in you look in the mirror and you're like pinching your arms or you're zoning in on your tummy or your thighs or whatever it is, and like just walk away. Yeah. You don't have to stand there and be like, okay, no, actually you look amazing. Let me try and convince myself I love this body. Just walk mm-hmm. away. Like just don't engage in the, oh my God, look at that bit on my arm, look at that bit on my leg, whatever it is. Because do you remember, I think I might have mentioned this before, our um, professor when we were studying um, our master's, 
said in our one of our eating disorder disorder modules said that if you body check actively body check every day you would develop an eating disorder yes or eating yes. disorder tendencies yes you're just hyper focusing mm. and it's like when you have a phobia of like a spider I'm not scared of spiders but oh I am. like so you know there is an animal that I'm afraid of um I don't even want to talk about it that's how petrified I am but, really <laughs> but like if one was in the room um you feel all of a sudden if even if it's far away from you you feel like it's on you because it's so amplified and you're so scared of it so it becomes so much bigger and it's yeah. the same with like you're looking at your legs yeah and you're like oh are they big like do they look big today of course they're gonna look big because you're literally like zoning, zoning in, in you're not seeing it. yourself as a whole body yeah a hundred percent this just reminded me of I'm reading this book at the or listening to this book at the moment called deep work by Cal Newport it was recommended by work um and one of the things that they were talking about is how deep work like like means like no distractions kind of thing just like Mm -hmm. brings you a lot of pleasure and when you're like surface level you tend to focus on the negatives and actually like people I don't this is like a weird tangent that I'm taking you on um but basically like it's it's a lot easier to focus on the negative things is basically what I'm trying to say. We all do you, that, right? People can give us a hundred compliments and that one negative we don't, comment yeah. will stick. Yeah. And basically if you're doing just like surface level work all day, just like answering emails, look, like, and I just equate that as like looking in the mirror, you're just going to walk away being like, I had a shit day at work. Sorry, Oscar scratching. When like you actually just didn't actually have a shit day at work, you were just doing like mindless administrative tasks versus like when you get into like the thick of a project, like when we mm. were writing our book and we smashed out like, thousands of words a day we never walked away being like that was shit like we walked Mm. away feeling like empowered and happy and things like that because we accomplished something but if I was just like answering emails for like three hours be like oh my god work was like the worst today yeah but like I just feel like when you're just like focusing on something that's so like surface level I don't know why I equate that to like looking in the mirror and just focusing on the neck you just walk away feeling negative because it 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 means like it doesn't have any depth to it completely so it's just yeah it's that was weird I don't even know if that makes sense no it it makes so much sense and it's so easy to get caught in that way of thinking because for some reason we're so we find it so much easier to be critical of ourselves than to like lift ourselves up yeah which is really sad (laughs) it is really sad I think women especially are the worst for this like it, men are just so much better at talking about their success and talking mm. about their achievements where for women it's bragging and boastful and like you know cocky where like we're like almost programmed to be like self what's the word like uh deprecating to a fault mm-hmm. where it's like oh my god you look great oh my, and I'm I'm so bad for this someone will give me a compliment on my hair and I like literally can't take it I'm like oh my god thanks I haven't washed it in three days <laughs> And it's like, why, why can't I just say thank you? If someone says to me at the moment, like, oh, you look really well. I'm like, oh, well, I haven't had any sleep. Or like, I'm not actually wearing any makeup, but like, thanks. Yeah. But like, (laughs) why can't we just say thank you? Why do we have to negate someone's compliment with a negative to make ourselves feel better? Like we're embarrassed that someone said something nice about us. It's such a weird concept. I know. And I feel like then we take that to the mirror and we're like, 
okay, for every like positive thing, we have to find something negative about us. And then we're just like looking for the negatives. If I, if like Ash says to me, oh, you look beautiful today. I'll be like, oh, you're like, you look really nice too. Whereas if I say to him, oh, you look really handsome in that, he'll be like, oh, thanks. (laughs) It's like, I'm like, oh, okay. I kind of expect you to say something back, but but he's just like, oh, cool. You complimented me. I'll take it. Yeah. It's so (laughs) true. We're just so bad at it. We need to, you know, get better at, but it's, it's hard because it does sound like cocky. Like you're like, yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, we feel so uncomfortable with compliments, don't we? Yeah. Like, but we shouldn't. Why does that always have to be something that's not quite right? Because we're so scared of like not being perfect, even though perfect doesn't exist. Yeah, it's, it's so bizarre. It's literally so bizarre. But going back to like body checking, when would you say, what are some red flags maybe that you see with clients and stuff Mm. when it comes to, okay, is this something that is a problem or is this something that I should address yeah usually it's a specific area of the body most commonly like the tummy but sometimes like the top of the arms or the thighs or you know whatever it might be but like I said the tummy tends to be the most common and it's like and it's again going back to what I said why why can't you look at your body as a whole yeah you have to you almost step into the mirror to check your tummy it's like for the purpose of checking your tummy. Yeah. It's not to see, it's not to be like, oh, how does this outfit look on me? It's like, or let me see how my tummy looks in this outfit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a big red flag. And I'd say to clients, don't look in, don't step in front of that mirror. If you are doing it to check a specific body part, we are a person made up of arms, legs, stomach, head, whatever, hair. Yeah. Just look and be like, oh, hi. Like, that's me. It sounds so silly, but like, that's me in the mirror. This is what I'm wearing today. Yeah. Okay. Got to look at myself. Off I go about my day. It doesn't have to be you stand there, right? Let me pinch my tummy. Let me turn to the side and see how big or small I look. Yeah. What What are you gaining from doing? Like, literally, what are you gaining from doing that? Stress, anxiety, yeah. fear, Self-hatred. like. Hatred. Yeah. Like nothing positive but I will say like sometimes I think there's a subtle difference because sometimes I will put on an outfit and you obviously look in the mirror after just to make sure like yeah. it works um and sometimes like you know what this doesn't look great I'm yeah or change. I'm not feeling so comfortable in this today yeah or like you know what this these jeans are a bit too low to wear this crop top like or maybe you actually had a bigger dinner the night before and you're still feeling a little bit bloated and you don't want to wear tight jeans that is absolutely fine doesn't mean you're fat and right. you don't deserve to wear the jeans do you know what I mean just wear something yes. more comfortable yeah so I think there's like this weird gray area which like everything is gray like nothing is going to be black and white and it's all about like situations and um intentions and emotions behind it But like, I don't want anyone thinking to be like, oh my God, well, I look in the mirror every day when I get dressed and, you know, like like, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I look in the mirror every day as well. Less so now because I'm like, let me get myself downstairs for breakfast with Romeo. But um, yeah, it's it's like, if you're looking in the mirror to check yourself, great. Like you do that. Like you look in the mirror to see how, you know, you're going to, and some people will look in the mirror to like prep themselves for the day, you know, but like you said, if it's a case of you looking in and being really negative, that's not how. Yeah. Or if you're like, 
yeah, if your intention is like, I need to look in the mirror to see if my arms still look okay, Mm. even though I just checked them five seconds ago, it's that like compulsion to do it. I think that is quite negative. And that's when I liken this to stepping on the scales as well, because so many people will step on the scales to determine how they feel about themselves. Yes. Through through the rest of the day. If they see a number that they're satisfied with, they're like, okay, it's cool. I can have a good day now. If they see something that's like maybe a pound higher than they would have liked to see, that actually has the ability to put them in a bad mood and feel rubbish about themselves for the rest of the day. And again, why would you do that? Yeah. You can't do anything about it in that moment. No. And there's one, there's so many things that can affect your weight. Weight, So like, it's such an inaccurate, like measure to begin with, but also like what the, like what the force of pound, like, it's just like, so that's what I mean. It's actually so irrelevant. It's so irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. And I remember when I was seeing clients, it was like, you know, I was seeing one client who would, and I'm sorry if this is triggering to anyone, trigger warning, or she would like weigh herself when she got up and then she would have water and coffee and breakfast mm-hmm. and then step on the scale again before she like got her day and then at night she would like before her shower or like whatever she and it's would... actually impossible to put body fat on after, bre- after yes. having breakfast of course you're gonna weigh more on the scales 100 <laughs> percent. but she was weighing herself maybe like six yeah six times during that day and I think when you remove the scale I think a lot of the times like people I do think people will replace the scales with like body checking and it's like I think it's a lot of control because they feel like if they don't have that kind of measure they're gonna like lose control but I think it's a lot easier to body check multiple times a day than it is to actively step on the scale Mm -hmm. so I actually think it's it's um like a very dangerous like um not what's the word that I'm looking for like you know when you replace one negative thing with another Mm. it's not like helping you kind of thing just because you're getting rid of the scales but you're still body checking you're not anywhere closer to you know well it's great that you've given up one thing but if you replaced it with something that's equally as negative and mentally like draining then that's not a very positive experience completely I read I literally read something on Instagram this evening I won't be able to remember it properly but it was like diet culture has convinced us that like cleanses and diet pills and low carb stuff low fat stuff is so much more healthy for our body than actually just like having a pizza but actually all those like all that stuff of like you know detox cleansing whatever you want to call it is actually so harmful for the body yet we believe that a pizza can be so harmful to the body yeah it is it is so crazy um and it is it's sad because I feel like as well so many people who are listening to this if you actually just break down what I just said and think about it we all have the ability to identify how ridiculous it is to 100%. constantly be on a diet and not 100%. just allow yourself that bread or the pizza or the cheese or whatever it is when you want it. But we're so conditioned to like bypass that the actual thought and like breaking it down and thinking about it and justifying it. It, like, it is like diet culture brainwashes you. Yeah, it's so weird because so much of diet culture is like rooted in science. And I feel like that's why people trust it because it's like, you know, the, yeah. And it's like the marketing and the language that they use, it comes from this like scientific perspective where you're like, oh, well, like 
I'm cleansing my liver. Like my liver Mm. keeps me alive. Like I need to do what's best for my liver. And it's like, I think that people get like, I don't know. I don't like, just when you said that for some reason, like detoxing this and doing this, like it, it sounds like good on paper. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I, I, yeah, it sounds attractive. It sounds yeah. like desirable. Yeah. Cause it sounds like scientific. Yeah. I don't know why that just like clicked. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just now figuring like out that diet culture is, yeah, yeah it's, it's co-opted science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get why it's so like enticing and it does take so much work, you know, more so for more, you know, more people. Yeah. What am I trying to say? Like some people will be more more affected basically. But it does take a lot of work to actually say, no, I'm not gonna buy into this. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard. And then I feel like objectively, it's so easy to be like, oh my God, that's crazy. But I know yeah. so many people who've been like, oh my God, that's so crazy. I would never do it six months later. So have you tried it? Because I just tried it. And I'm like, yeah why like you you've gotten roped into it um because diet culture is diet culture is a sneaky bitch but like it is just like pausing assessing it and being like why am I putting myself through this like but even like you know how they have like different chocolate bars that have like added protein so it's like healthy because it's a protein bar yeah like I, you know, when like you're at a petrol station, you're just like grabbing a snack whilst you filled your car up with petrol. Yeah. Because you don't drive here, but you know what I mean? Um, If I see something with like, oh, like 10 grams of protein in it, I'm like, oh, healthier option for like a split second. And it's like, I know that it's not. I can get like a galaxy bar with the same amount of sugar as that protein bar in or whatever Exactly. But like, it is the marketing that like plants a seed and you're like, oh that's and your eyes are like drawn to it it is so clever like marketing is really clever and that's why it just like you just need to be resilient against it and then surround yourself with the right type of messaging so like that is more powerful than like the diet culture messaging I guess Mm. um so you're you have more positive reinforcements I guess like have the the conversation with yourself as well be like oh I like this is what I go through with clients as well particularly if they want to start eating intuitively I'm like before you even start on those 10 principles what what's going on in your head like what do you believe around food what's that voice telling you yeah what's what that self-dialogue like, yeah what's like those embedded rules that you've got around food or beliefs around food because a lot of the time if I'm like why are you so scared of that pizza they're like oh because it's a carb I'm like okay what is it about carbs and then they're actually like oh I don't know like we're just made to believe that carbs are bad exactly and then like, you'll ask someone else and they're like, carbs are great. It's the fat mm. that I'm scared of. And this, per- yeah, like, exactly. there's, there's an argument, like everyone has their own, I don't know how to say, it's just like, you can never win with diet culture. Because- yeah. It will, it will come from somewhere different, but it will be as a result of, may, it might even be like your family has 100%. brought you up to believe, you know, if you're at the dinner table and they're like, well, any pizza only once a week, cause it's a treat. And you know, you'll probably gain weight if you eat too much pizza, but and again, those like messages are just like subconsciously stored. So you have this belief around certain foods. Yeah. And if you listen to every single voice and every message, you'd literally live off air and yeah. water. Like, and obviously that's not healthy. And you can like objectively recognize that you need food, but like there's always going to be some diet culture message to tell you that that food you can't eat. So yeah. if like, if we can't eat anything, what the hell do we do? And like, that's when you realize like, crap, this isn't working. Like none of this makes sense. None of this is really looking out for my health. If 
this one says this thing, this says the other, I'm stressed, I don't know what to do. That's obviously not helpful for anyone. It's just clever marketing. Do you know what bugs me is that like, just taking it back to the body checking as well, is that we spend so much time or some people do or have done in the past, letting this be such a big part of our day. Whereas like we have jobs, we have other people to look after. We have ourselves to look after. We have, you know, food to prep. We've got a shower. There's so much other stuff going on in life. And yet we're starting our day with such like negative habits and like spending so much time thinking about food and what we can eat and what we can't eat. And when you actually take a step back and look at the bigger picture, there is so much more going on in life. Yeah. I would love to know like the um, statistic of like what percent of our lives are actually spent eating versus like actually (laughs) living because it's like you spend majority of your thoughts on something that, you know, you only spend a fraction of your life doing. I was going to say, because we have to eat every day, like that's what yeah. keeps us going physically and mentally, but we should be able to sit down and enjoy a meal and then get on with the rest of our day. Like that's a big thing for me with clients when like, you know, if they, if they have breakfast, they then think, they think about that breakfast up until lunchtime. They're like, how much did I eat? How full do I feel? Um, what can I eat? Because I ate too much at breakfast. So I need a lighter lunch or vice versa. And I'm like, how empowering would it be to sit and have your breakfast and then actually just walk out the door and not even think about it? Yeah. Do you get get what I'm saying? Yeah. To be honest, I haven't like, because I think I've been in both situations. So like, I I know what it's like to like obsessively like Mm, think about like what I've ate for breakfast and then what am I going to have for lunch? And then what's that going to do for dinner? And like, even what what does that mean for the next day? Mm. And I just think like this weekend was such a good example. Mark and I had, brunch at home on Saturday yes on Saturday had like quite a lazy morning and a really really nice brunch like eggs and toast and avocado etc um and then we went to a new food market um in Mayfair if anyone's like in Mayfair like right off Regent Street um it's right across from Roca um it's an abandoned not abandoned it's an old church that they've converted into a food market and it's like in the center of London like it was just like so like you wouldn't know that that was like a food market Mm. and it was like two floors like in a church Mark was like are you allowed in here because I'm Jewish um but it was like it was really (laughs) nice um and we just like sat down and we were like, what should we get? And we just did like a few laps and we're like, we'll take one of these and one of these and one of these. And we had margaritas. Like yeah. Margaritas. And we just shared everything. And there was like just this fresh pasta and we just couldn't decide if we should get the tagliatelle with, um, uh, what are they called? Um, now I'm blanking. Those like fancy mushrooms, truffles. Or should we get the spaghetti with pesto? And we were just like going back and forth and just like, it was nice to have a conversation that was just about taste and flavor and excitement Mm. around food that had zero to do with health or nutrition or nutrients. And it's not now until we're having this conversation that I can like reflect back on that day and being like, I don't even remember what I ate for dinner that night. I think we watched a movie and had like snacks, like candy and stuff like that and I never once put my breakfast my lunch and that all together because one doesn't really affect the other and it's just living in the moment and enjoying you know the food and the experience Mm. and the people that you're with 
when I used to like when I started to like heal my relationship with food you I realized that like I would look back on like let's say a day where I was at like the beach and people were getting ice cream and I was like no I can't have the ice cream but you'd look back and be like it wouldn't have affected me right now like I'd be no different if I had had that ice cream and then you'd I'd almost have that like regret of not just enjoying the moment and I guess it comes down to like wanting just like that normal relationship with food because in the moment it feels like such a big deal but that's part of like you need to live your life and have fun with it because I did find myself looking back and thinking I wish I went to that food market and actually tried the brownie that I wanted to Mm. or whatever it was because that would not have had any effect on me like two weeks later does that make sense yeah yeah, of course of course yeah no I completely agree it's like just like allowing yourself that freedom yeah and it's not just about the food it's like you said it's like having that experience with someone you love and having a good time yeah yeah exactly so much of Mark's and my relationship revolves around like exploring cities and food like when we first started Ash and I love our food like such a big part of our relationship when we got together was like just like going to like staying in a hotel in London and going to Whole Foods and getting like a pack of macaroons I was literally just going to say that (laughs) I was like I knew exactly what was going to come out of your mouth um just yeah going to Whole Foods or Planet Organic and just yeah, yeah getting macaroons and just eating them yeah exactly and it's those things that if you are in the depths of diet culture, you miss out on and those you miss forming those memories and those relationships and things like that. And yeah, it it's sad. Completely. And even though obviously we are talking about food and that's obviously like for a lot of people, the reason behind why they would body check, it's very, very psychological as well. And if you mm. are struggling, it is really important that a lot of the time when people come to see me and they're really struggling with that, I always recommend they see a psychologist first. Yeah. That's kind of addressed. Then you can actually get down to the food stuff. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this is something else I wanted to talk about. I completely agree. Like it's, it's, you can't heal your relationship with food without figuring out why it's not like you can heal it through nutrition, educating yourself and, you know, fueling your body with the proper foods and, you know, establishing that true balance. But if you don't fix the, the underlying negative thoughts Mm -hmm. then you're never really going to be able to move forward no because you need to understand them as well exactly and if you eliminate them in this regard they might show up somewhere else in your life completely and you know might ruminate and could spiral into different unhelpful behaviors that might not be related to food but might be harmful in other ways completely um one thing that i wanted to talk about was with body check-in 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 <laughs> body check-in um was holding on to old clothes and then mm. trying to see if you fit into them I want to talk about this because actually I right so first of all when I packed up my house to come live with my parents literally like my waters broke the next day I packed all of my clothes and just left out maternity stuff because I was like I'm just, I'm, all I'm going to want to wear is comfy clothes. I packed so many joggers, so many jumpers and loose t-shirts because I was like, I'm just going to want to be in comfies. Like didn't really consider the fact that I was probably going to be living with my parents for like a good three to four months. So I was like, what am I going to wear when I'm like out of that postpartum <laughs> stage? Um, so I actually, but like I stored a lot, we put all our stuff in storage, but a lot of the bags of my clothes were put in my parents' garage. So I was like going through some of the stuff that I could wear again. 
but I was like actually I don't want to wear the jeans I was wearing pre-baby because that's not like they fit but it just didn't feel like that was my body anymore Mm. and I just so I've, I've just and I know everyone can't afford to do this but I've kind of just got like a bit of a new wardrobe since having Romeo because I'm like mm-hmm. I just want to you know I, I do have a new body again it might not be much bigger than the one I had before but it, it's different yeah and I want to feel like I'm celebrating my new body with some new clothes I think that clothes and fashion is such a powerful thing in terms of identity and this is like mm-hmm. why I struggled with my post well, we know that. yeah <laughs> Because I think it ties into so much of your identity um, and how you feel when you Mm -hmm. put on certain clothes and you want to feel, you want to feel good. Right. And I think that's a very. It can look so different because I am a very, very casual dresser. I do not feel comfortable wearing fancy clothes, like unless I'm going to a wedding and that's fine. It's not because I don't feel confident or like I don't deserve to wear the fancy clothes. Like I just, you know, I feel more comfortable in casual wear. Yeah, exactly. And I love that. I think identifying that is important, but I think it's so interesting that you like don't want to wear the clothes that you were pre-pregnancy because it like doesn't match your identity because yeah, you're now like it, actually. a new person and you yeah. don't identify with the I've person. I've got a different like element yeah, to be now. Like I'm a mom. you just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm a mom. I need mom I'm not clothes. just Sophie anymore. Like, <laughs> right. yes sorry my microphone just fell um but yeah exactly and I just feel like maybe when you put on those clothes you're like I'm not this girl anymore yeah, I'm so a woman think about that I'm like yeah I but it is in a really positive way because like I said I want to celebrate the fact that my body's been through so much so I almost feel like it deserves a new pair of jeans yes and I completely agree with that and I I like 100% and I think that's the way that you know, we should view clothes mm. and identity. But I think what the negative thing that happens with some people is they hold on to certain pieces of clothing that they identified with mm. at a certain point of their life. Completely. And it brings, it it holds some sort of like weight in terms of like um, value to them. Yeah, And they'll randomly try on the pair of jeans or the dress or something that at one point fit them on their holiday in like 2010 or whatever yeah they were like 12 yeah and it's like you're 28 why do you want to fit into a piece of clothing that you wore pre-puberty like you were a pre-pubescent child and so I think I think holding on to clothes and then trying them on and body checking through that lens Mm. is something that people don't really talk about but I I think so many people do it and also I know so many people that they talk about it on Instagram as well that it's like oh I can fit back in my jeans that I wore before having a baby it's like I really don't want to sound insensitive here but no one cares no one cares (laughs) if you can fit in your jeans that that you know it all it does is put this like importance on it's not I don't think it's an achievement no you know if you do you do great you don't have to buy a new pair of jeans and if you feel comfortable in them that's absolutely fine but no no one's asking you to fit into the jeans you had before you had a baby yeah because it it puts the body that you had before on a pedestal and saying the body that you have now is not not worthy yeah when in reality the body you have now yeah that's literally <laughs> I think this is my opinion I know everyone will have a different opinion on this no I agree I think that's I think that's a really good way of representing it because 
you know, you shouldn't want to live in the past in any regards. Mm. Like I think so much about happiness and gratitude and, you know, things that, you know, living in the moment is about being here in the present and being appreciative and grateful for what you have and not, not like yearning for the past and not like thinking about what could be in the future. And I think when we're always trying to be like, I'm going to fit back into these jeans or I'm going to buy this clothing that's a size smaller so I can get there. Yeah. And you're constantly living before or after. And it's like, what about now? Like, what about the person that you are and the body that you have now? And why is that not enough? Mm. I don't want this to come across in the wrong way as well. But I've also seen people be like, oh, I don't fit in my jeans from before pre-baby, but that's okay. Like, but in a way, I'm kind of like, why do we even need to talk about it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. It's I know I think, it's it's a it's a better thing to be talking about because we're saying, hey, there's no pressure. But it's know, drawing attention. Yeah. This is yeah. the one thing that I struggle with, like personally on Instagram. Like I don't really like to talk about my body or show my body because it's not about my body. And then when I do, I feel like, oh crap, that feels so awkward to me because now people are going to know what the whole picture looks like. Well, it's because so many people do think about it and you do kind of, when you put yourself out there, even though you're not necessarily thinking about it, you're just kind of like, okay, this is me. You're like, oh, what might, how might someone else interpret that? Because we're so aware of the thoughts that are out there. If that Exactly. Sense. And I think I'm yeah. also aware of my privilege and stuff, you know, yeah. being you know, yeah, we've spoken about smaller bodies. So I, yeah. I feel like I don't want to show it because like, I, I understand like people will connect dots between the food that I post and mm. the way that I look without taking into effect all the other things that I don't post in my genetics and all and that then it stuff. comes back to the fact that like, at the end of the day, we are on a social media platform and everyone totally. is always going to have an opinion. And it's like, do we share? nothing then or do we share everything or do we try and overthink the middle ground so I feel like it is a bit of a lose-lose situation it is and going back to the thing that you said before it's like drawing attention to the thing that didn't need to be spoken about and I get it because like if no one talks about it then we get nowhere but it's like finding ways to talk about it that doesn't need to be spoken about just draws more attention to it. And I, I, I might've mentioned this to you before, but I always find, um, people and I hope this doesn't come across wrong. And I really, really want to try and word this in a way that is so difficult. I feel like we struggle with this all the time. Yes. Because, because we are in the pub, we put ourselves out in the public to everyone's opinions. You do have to be so careful, especially as health professionals. And kind of prepared um, as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what I'm trying to say, and I say this with the most positive intention. So anyone who's listening, there's no malice mm-hmm. meant in this statement. For individuals who have body positivity pages, where it's all about celebrating their body. I think it's fantastic. We need this in our lives for, you know, the young boys and girls and children who are growing up. We need to see body diversity. We need to see celebrating our bodies, not body hatred. Everyone comes in all shapes and sizes. And I think that should be celebrated. But I do think there's this weird psychology thing. And maybe this is like my overanalytical, like science brain when, like we were saying before, if it's all you focus about and it's all you talk about, 
it's a weird dichotomy of like, it's meant for body positivity, but like, you're always talking about your body where like body positivity and like, kind of just like, this is my body and this is what it is. Mm. It doesn't always need, I don't know how to explain it. Am I doing right? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Completely agree with you. And there are some accounts that obviously I won't name who were doing, like you said, an amazing job of, you know, talking about body positivity, highlighting different things about the body that are all normal, becoming all different shapes and sizes. But there's almost then an expectation with that person to be imperfect in the sense that if they post anything too appealing, Mm. that goes against what they're saying. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. But it, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's like they have to prove to people that you have, there's like, yeah, I get with your face. So you get what I'm saying. I don't want to say the wrong thing. It is really hard. I'm trying to think if there's another example that makes the same point, because I think that's a very sensitive topic to make that it's, point Okay, with. Maybe this is slightly similar. If you have an account on Instagram, like a foodie account that's constantly posting recipes that are really high in sugars and fats, and you know they're very indulgent foods, which we want to include in the diet like we we need that balance and you know what I'm like I love my chocolate but then it's like there's that it's like you are allowed to have a salad yes you know what I mean and then the fear of not posting the salad because oh it might be a bit too healthy I'm only gonna post exactly and I'm trying to make a point here that we can enjoy as much sugar as we want where life isn't about an extreme on either side it's Mm. about a balance and when you talk too much about something it becomes all about it yeah and then you actually put too much emphasis on something and I don't Mm. know like if you're I don't know if I'm doing a good job with saying I know I I feel like we're like climbing so far down a rabbit hole (laughs) I don't even know if I should have brought it up but it's like um when you focus too much on something it becomes all you talk about yeah and even if that's very like you mean good by it but I wonder yeah. if you're focusing hyper focusing on this one aspect of yeah. yourself is that positive or should it just be a neutral yes like, like this I is before, this is this is it and it's not a big deal and you know I'm just gonna do whatever and I think their activism is amazing and we should all be doing it in some way shape or form but I do worry about when you feel the need to bring something yeah like like you were saying before so like sometimes we don't need to talk about it like yeah it is just, and like there's so you draw many different attention. elements to life like sleep stress socializing having a good yeah. time like just going out for a walk like there's so many there's so much variety in life so to just have one topic taking up so much of your headspace maybe isn't necessary yeah, I don't know if we did that right, but we'll find know. out. We'll find but, out because yeah. I'm sure we'll get. I'm we sure will get we will comments. get messages <laughs> being like that was terrible, yeah, or literally. I think you got to a point without actually saying anything and just saying yeah. a lot of fluff words. Yeah, um, so but we'll we'll leave that there. <laughs> either way, but I think like yeah, just I mean we can bring it back to body checking, but. I just think it's an interesting topic of conversation in the wellness space that probably doesn't get enough mm. airtime. And I think yeah. it's one of those things that everyone does and might not realize that they're doing it. And like I said, I found myself doing this from a non-weight, non-judgmental yeah. standpoint. 
but I just realized I was staring at my own body for way too long and it made yeah. me feel uncomfortable. And if you are someone who's listening to this, who's actually realized, oh God, like I actually look in the mirror every morning and this is really getting in the way of my day. Hopefully it's something you can address and think, okay, I'm going to actively not allow myself to do that anymore. Or if it is literally having a psychological detriment to your life, please seek help for it. If it's making you unhappy, you know, you you need to do something about it because it's so sad when something like that gets and it sounds silly someone who is not affecting would be like how the hell would that affect your life so much it's the same with food you yeah. can literally have the ability to ruin your whole day yeah 100 percent. and I think like um I think especially like I think the message out there is pretty clear like anti-scales like weight means nothing yeah and I think this is just again something really easy to replace the scales with so if you've replaced your scales with body checking, well done for getting rid of the scales. But now mm. it's now it's time to address kind of it's just your obsession is just switched from one thing to another. And I just want everyone to be happy and neutral and healthy yeah, and completely whatever that looks healthy like for them. In their own way. But yeah. one more comment just about this episode. I think it's been a really great example of just how unscripted these episodes are because we had no idea where this conversation was going to go tonight. We just know we wanted to talk about body checking. And I feel like oh, yeah. we dived into so many different elements of it's body culture. a lot of turns. <laughs> and I really hope everyone's enjoyed it and found it interesting. Yes. Let us know. Let us know what you think if we Please do. address things. Um, we can take, take it. Constructively. Yeah. Be nice. <laughs> Compliment sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay amazing well thank you guys so much for listening and um we'll be back next week bye thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the forking wellness podcast as always please rate review and subscribe and share with your friends if you love this episode it really does help us get seen in the chart you can now also order our forking wellness book anywhere books are sold order it on amazon prime for next day delivery and barnes and noble in america and if you love the book we would so appreciate a review on amazon we absolutely love hearing your feedback and we really hope you enjoy it we'll speak to you guys next week bye